What I hear is it's common for matchmakers to kind of want to only hook up because you want to strengthen your community. Bryn Mm -hmm. took offense to it. And that's like for anyone to debate whether or not she should have or shouldn't have. They had an exchange where inappropriate things were said on Lizzie's part. In addition to that, off camera, her husband allegedly said, there were things said, Bravo basically said to them, you're done, but you know, you can go out on your own terms, but if you're gonna like make a thing, then we'll come out. Welcome to Cocktails and Gossip, the podcast where we drink cocktails, but you better believe we're going to spill the tea. We chat reality TV, celebrity blinds, and the hottest tea from bravoandcocktails.com. And as always, it's all alleged and just for fun. We do not verify our blinds. I'm B. And I'm Amanda. Let's get into this week's tea. What's up, cocktailers? Hey, cocktailers. Hey, B. Hello, Amanda. What is going on this week? I mean, New York. It's been the best. You know, I have to tell you, I knew, I, and I didn't know, I didn't see it before. I just had a feeling that it was going to be so good because the women looked so good. And we're back, baby. A lot of people were against this reboot. I have to tell you that the people who are against it are all posting. And when I say people, I mean I mean fans and followers, but I also mean like a lot of accounts. And I very strongly felt, and I know you agree with me, that we can love our OGs. It doesn't take away from them to have a new group of women. Totally and that, agree. And that's exactly what we're seeing. I mean, I think some, I think some people just... Yeah, I agree. And I think some people just don't like change. Do you believe the rumors that Andy was very anti doing a reboot? No. Yeah, I don't believe him either. No, I don't. I very strongly believe that we could have a legacy in the city and these girls in the city because they're different shows. They're different things. They're different places in their life. They're different personalities. I don't know. I don't see... The issue, I think the reboot makes so much more sense. We saw what happened when they just threw Leah and Ebony in the mix. Yeah, it just it didn't, it didn't mesh. Work. And to be honest, I think, I think Ebony could work with these women. I don't personally, I don't like Leah. I just don't think she's a great reality personality. I think something about her doesn't resonate. She has such a negative outlook on life, and I feel like. I don't know about you, just like, I think you would feel the same way. But like, in real life, being around people like that, I feel like they suck the energy out of the room, they try to suck it out of me. And I don't, I don't like to be exposed to people like that. So that's, you know, like, at first, I was like, she's crazy. She's fun to watch. And then I think it was especially the Thailand girls trip that I was like, she just, she's Debbie Downer. And I just, I have no, like, it's just not fun to watch her anymore. She's trying to create a moment, and we see a lot of housewives do that, and some are, some are much more successful at it, and hers fall flat for me. Yeah. Kind of like Heather Gaze have been falling flat for me, so it was kind of funny to watch the two of them battle, because I'm like, they're both insufferable at this point, and that was on the girls' trip. Yeah. 
But okay, yeah. so let's break down the ladies one by one and share what we're hearing. I know yeah. that we spoke about it before we met them, but I think I think most people are like me in the way that before I see you on my screen, it doesn't, I don't know, I'm listening, but I'm half listening. I, I like to hear it again, and we haven't broke down each lady. So why don't yeah. you give us some of you know their little bios, and then we'll add what we've heard. Yes. Okay. So... Bryn, love starting with her. I've been talking about her for a while because I've been following her since we found out about the reboot cast. Like she just popped off the page to me as somebody that I thought was interesting. She's, let's see here. Let's, this is what the bio says. She's the life of the party and the apple of many eyes, a communications professional. Bryn is in search of what she really wants out of life and attempting to heal from past hardships. She craves stability and having the kind of family she longed for as a child. However, her fear of commitment and busy schedule jet setting the world tend to get in the way. And I will tell you, like, that is definitely something I've seen. She's constantly like you can tell kind of when she's filming, but like when she's not, she's she's in St. Bart's and she's in London and she's like definitely worldwide. So I don't know. And she's like very much still single. But what I think is interesting is like she makes a really big deal on her content about her friend's kids and like playing this kind of anti-role. So Mm. I don't know. She's she's very interesting to me. I really like her. She's very interesting to me. She is a troublemaker. I like how she does it in a very playful way, but Mm -hmm. causing trouble nonetheless and and not, not backing down from it. Um, I don't know if you saw, but there is a TikTok circulating. I believe it's Marie Claire magazine. And on the red carpet, when they did the Roni reboot premiere and everybody was there, Andy asked her, who do you think the hottest house husband is? And she said, Mauricio. And Andy said, he's available now. I did see that. Side note, she is very good friends with Pandora. She says she was almost on Vanderpump Rules, and she actually lived with the Vanderpumps when she was, I'm going to say, late teens, early 20s because of her friendship with Pandora. They, you know, gave her a place to stay, everything like that. So the fact that she named Mauricio is a little dicey for me because if she's close with Lisa, one imagines she knows Kyle or has met Kyle or has met Mauricio, and it seems a little forward and homewrecker-ish because we don't know that they're officially split. Although now people are saying, why would Andy say that if they weren't? Here we go. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, though, like just an offhand, like she was literally out taking pictures and he like yells over to her, which one do you think? And she like, if somebody had said that to me, I would be like, probably Mauricio would come to mind too, right? And so, like, it was Andy who was like, he's available, not, you know what I mean? I I agree. I I feel like there is a weird intent being put on her when it's actually Andy who I think took it too far. Agree with that. And it's not like she's looking to steal him. However, she also is very good, and we're learning this very quickly, at giving us what we want because Mm -hmm. Mauricio is very much in the headlines and I don't think it's a coincidence that she picked him right because of that factor we also saw it when she was on watch what happens live at the end she they were all (laughs) getting along and Andy said what's one thing you learned and she said I learned not to trust Erin I know (laughs) Erin's face was like what the 
Yeah. That way, it was definitely like a shot across the bow. I I don't know. I just I don't know. I still I just love her. I love her when she's like, I know when I'm about to be spanked. Like mm-hmm. she's funny and like yes, very playful. I do think there's a very sweet vulnerability to her as well and that's where some of the like playfulness and stuff comes in so i would really How like to see her she? date mid-30s i was it 36 is 36. that what it said let's google but i, I would like to see her date actually dating dating because like i feel like at least on her social we don't see anything about it which makes sense right I think we will. I think we'll see her dating. I think we'll see Uba dating. I love that they said that Ramona told them, oh, forget it. After this, you'll never be married. Like, (laughs) which, by the way, total side note, I have a follower working on breaking this story. Not that I will reveal the person's name because I can't obviously do that. But her in-laws are members of a very elite country club in Jersey, probably like Bergen County. I forget. She told me. And her husband was there with his dad playing golf. He doesn't watch Housewives. And he calls their, you know, whatever, calls to check in. And he's like, yeah, apparently his dad's friend, who's a very well-to-do divorcee in New Jersey, or maybe Mm -hmm. widow, I forget, very well-to-do told the dad that he's dating a housewife and said her name was Rhonda. So the followers like Rhonda, like saying to her husband, Rhonda, there's no Rhonda. And I was like, wait, isn't that Dorinda's sister's name? Which also wouldn't make sense because she's not a housewife. So I was like, maybe it's Dorinda. And she's like, no, it's Ramona because he was saying that she had a house out east. Um. So I will try to get more like, I know he's well to do and he's about her age. Like, Late 60s. So a little bit older, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. So we heard Ramon is dating, and there you have it. What is it in, like, what is in the water, though, with these, like, our favorite legacy women and being just, like, flat out horny? Like, watching crap. I'm totally going on a total side note here, but, like, watching Crappy Lake, like, what uh, the yeah. heck? Okay. Now, here's a tangent, but, and I, I, have not I'm not near menopause yet right so I don't know but I was always under the impression that after menopause a lot of women lose their mojo but maybe it's during menopause or maybe it's not Um, true and maybe that's like an old stereotype that we need to no I think it I think it is true for a lot of women I was actually just having this conversation with a friend who's been going through this and, you know, she's like on the younger side. And so she's had she's gone to like a hormone replacement therapy thing. And guys, this is no medical advice. This is nothing. I know nothing about this. Just a conversation I had. She was saying she was experiencing the like decrease in desire and that they actually so she's doing the like pellets in her butt oh. thing with the hormones. And she's like the testosterone actually brings it all back and she's like it actually brings it brought her more you know everybody's different please do not take this as any kind of advice but she's like that's back and like the like energy is back and all of that and so okay, i would well, imagine maybe I- there's maybe there's some sort of you know or maybe they maybe they haven't gone through menopause yet who knows well some people don't they're, they're in their late 50s they had to have gone through menopause no i have no i i, I am thank thank god i don't know But I will say that it makes sense, the hormone that you brought up, because I know that 
a few months ago, Marge Josephs said, because, you know, when you're a woman of a certain age, a lot of times you do go to a doctor for hormone therapies. And that's kind of how she slid in that she's on one of the weight loss drugs as part of her hormone treatment. Yeah. Um, Which again is something that women going through menopause experience, like kind of like the bloated, I know. And again, I'm just speaking from people I know who shared with me, not that I have gone through it. So I don't know like in detail. Right. So I would, yeah. But whatever it is, they are like, and I love that they're so open about it. And Ramona always was. And Ramona, not Ramona, excuse me. Ramona was not Sonia. But Ramona is always seeking out the men. Yes. Which is how I got there mentally, guys. I know it was kind of a joke. Sonia, Bryn sort of has that air of Sonia. Mm -hmm. Who also got married in her late 30s and had her daughter in her late 30s. So I would love to see like the reboot get married Something I have to tell you watching the reboot. Okay, let's let's go through the ladies and then we'll yes, get to. Because okay, I, I have some questions for you as well after we get to them. Okay, let's talk about Erin next. So Erin Leachy was born and raised in Manhattan. She's a social butterfly who tends to find herself floating amidst the drama and isn't afraid to stir the pot. Her naturally keen eye for spotting the next trend and diehard work ethic has led to a prominent reputation in the New York real estate scene, in addition to running an interior design firm, with the only things more important to her, more more important than her career being her three children and husband Abe. This cosmopolitan is the definition of an overachiever who loves nothing more than to prove she can do it all. So, Erin, first of all, she is such a rich Manhattan girl stereotype. It's out of this world. She is assertive. She is fashionable. She is doing it all. So her family apparently comes from tons of, like, I heard FU money. Mm. Real estate. Now, I think when we say real estate, that means, like, owning properties, which Mm -hmm. we all know is very lucrative. She works for or with Frederick. So we're going to see him a little bit this season. Hmm. Frederick from Million Dollar Listing, New York, Mm -hmm. and Beverly Hills. Her husband... Very successful attorney. They got married very young by New York standards at 25 years old. So I heard she was quite the party girl. A bunch of people who went to college with her reached out to me. She went to University of Albany, which I'm not saying this in a snobby way at all, but the University of Albany is a state school here. So when you hear FU money and then you find out she went to a state school, you're kind of like, huh? But it was the number one. I don't know if it still is, but it was the number one party school for many years. And when <laughs> she was there, she has a tough way about her. She definitely has that pushy New Yorker edge. I think I her and her husband getting married so young and their kids are young. So if they're like 35 now, they were married five, six years before they even had a kid. Yeah. And if you're familiar with Manhattan, you know there are these type, these couples that party together and party hard and play hard. We're going to see next episode, our friend Larry posted a six-minute clip. Her house in the Hamptons is absolutely gorgeous. It's as big as, say, Ramona's house in the Hamptons, but newer, and, you know, she's an interior design. She says they bought they bought it, like, pretty distressed and redid it, and it's a five-bedroom, like, ma- not mansion, but very large, 6,500-square-foot home. It's a good-sized house, yeah. Yes, yes. I think her and Bryn stuck out the most to me. I think there are 
out of a cannon. They're going to be the stars. I think Erin is going to be somebody who you're not always going to love what you're seeing, but you're always going to want to watch. Yeah, I think she'll be a lightning rod. I agree. People compared her to Bethany. For me, the marriage aspect, the home out east, that tough way, that say what she wants to say really gave me like a modern Ramona vibe. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like she she seems to be her own. I don't know. Like, I, I definitely like her. I feel like there was a piece of her and like that that I think might be more insecurity that it worth her kind of lashing out and making a bigger deal out of some of these things. So again, some of it, it's like, you don't know if she's just doing it for the camera Mm -hmm. or if that's really the way that she is. But like, I don't know why I just like picked up on like a little bit of an insecurity and maybe it's insecurity from like relationships with women because, you know, when you get married that young, I think that that's a harder thing with, you know, friendships when you're, if you're the only one who's married, I don't know, just, this is me just, I don't know, just picked up on something, but. I I have a different take on that. I don't see it as insecurity. I see it as she's very used to being the head bitch in charge. Mm. And now you're around other people who also see themselves as the head bitch in charge. And it's difficult for her to navigate in that arena. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, I don't know. I am very much liking Sai, I think she might be, I don't know, I, I, I've got a few favorites and she's, I think she's amazing. So she is also born and bred. I think she grew up, did she say in Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Yeah. Not wealthy. Um, in what? Not wealthy. She's not wealthy. Now, yeah. So her bio says she is one of the most well-known and successful content creators with partnerships from Dior, Fendi, Admar Piguet, Bentley, Vogue, and more. She has two kids and her husband, David, who manages their household and takes care of the kids so Sai can run the digital empire that she has built from the ground up. A Brooklyn native, honest and straightforward, Sai's friends would say she's as New York as it gets. Her life may seem just as put together as her posts, but her polished exterior begins to crack when the passing of her mother forces her to revisit their complicated relationship. Sai is a tell it like it is borough girl from Brooklyn. She did not grow up with money. I like she isn't going to sugarcoat anything. You're going to know exactly how she feels. You know, she has a swag about her. She's the sort of woman that you see walking down the street and you kind of watch her for a minute, which totally makes sense that she's a content creator because she just catches your eye. And I think we mentioned this briefly. I was so annoyed when they put out the map of where everyone lives and people were commenting like, oh my God, another one from Brooklyn. (laughs) Living in a brownstone in Brooklyn in 2023 is the equivalent to living in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Maybe not yeah. Beverly Hills. But those brownstones, of course, they start at $4 million, okay? People choose to live there. It's not a matter of like, people want that vibe. It's a different vibe altogether, right? To live in downtown yeah. Brooklyn. You walk across the bridge, you're in Manhattan. She's the breadwinner in her marriage, and I need to get to the bottom of this, but her husband says he's retired. He retired when she started taking off. So was he like a hedge fund guy that has 20 million in the bank and then he retired? 
I, he had to be. Right. That's where my head is. And I actually did try to do a little research and I couldn't find much. So I used to babysit for this family. And I remember it's funny thinking about it now because I was a teenager. And at the time, you know, any adult with children seems older, mm-hmm. but they must have been like 35 and they had a beautiful home in our neighborhood and they had a home, you know, a couple of other homes in like out east and whatever. Right. They were very well to do. And the dad was retired and he was, I don't know, quote unquote, a businessman. So, you know, you do have people who make their fortune by in their 30s and retire and they're investment guys and they invest their money or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what it is. I don't think she bought that brownstone last year after making money. Or, or, I mean, I, d- I don't think so. I mean, not that not that kind of money. I, I don't I, maybe, but I don't think so. I get the feeling he had, you know, like when he said retired, like that there was, you know, that they're both. But I think it's I think that's so cool that he was like, OK, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to sit back and, you know, the family and let her shine. So and he's he's got some swag, too. He's very good looking. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm intrigued by them. I'm very intrigued by them. I'm currently searching property records right now just to see if what comes up. Okay. <laughs> well, let, while you're doing that, I will, I'll read Uba. So Uba Hassan is a Somalian model, philanthropist, and entrepreneur whose outgoing personality enters a room before she does. Channeling her zest for life, she's a creator of her personal hot sauce company, Uba Hot which she hopes is her ticket to making it big in New York. After an initial boost from landing a spot on Oprah's favorite things, she's looking to take her business to the next level. And due to her try her trying upbringing and desire for total control, she feels a pressure to do it all on her own without the help of investors. I mean, I loved Uba. She has that... I don't know how to explain it. She sort of glides in. It's almost like her feet aren't touching the ground. Like she's Mm -hmm. such a model, right? Yes. And she's so beautiful and it's so effortless. She's got such a a poise and a calmness. We learned on Watch What Happens Live. We saw Chanel say, oh, you got to watch my cousin. They're actually cousins. They're related through their mothers. She's playful. She's light. I don't think we're going to she's going to be the one stirring the pot, but I do think that when it's going on, she's going to have an opinion, she's going to say it. I think she's going to give us gorgeous, she's going to give us cute, she's going to give us whimsical. That's that's yeah. that's the vibe I'm getting from Uba. Yeah. And again, her and Bring are si- single. Let's see them looking for love in Manhattan. They're they're going to be dating, right? We're going to see where their relationships evolve. I'm not sure if Jenna and we're going to get to to Jenna. I'm not sure if Jenna is single, but I don't know. Well, maybe we'll see her. I don't think she's in a relationship. I think she, I don't know. I feel like reading what I was reading that, that maybe she is, but and I've seen, like, I follow her on social and she seems to be maybe at that point in time when they were filming, she was not. She seems like she may be in one now, but that's. Oh, Jenna may worth- be in one now. I think so, because like I follow her on social and it does seem like she's I see somebody in some of these pictures, but I don't know if it was the case at the time. But yeah, she's got her son and I don't know. I, I She is 
Her son, who's like a young teenager, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very into Jenna. Like her whole vibe. I think she's got this like kind of fish out of water. She's the former president, CEO. J. Crew. Or EC, whatever, of J. Crew Group. Now she's co-founded her beauty brand Love Scenes. And guys, that's where that eyelash, a lot of a lot of my followers were like, what's with her intro line? That's mm-hmm. that's she has an eyelash brand. And you said it's for people with alopecia. Yeah, so she has she has like I think it's alopecia and she but she, she it's not alopecia. It's she was born with some sort of thing where she doesn't really have eyebrows and eyelashes. And so it was the the whole reason she did that is is to have like like a natural la- like like line of lashes. So it's for the line is for everybody, but the inspiration to create the line came from her own personal situation. So like that's where that all that's where that all came from. And you can see in the first episode, she's definitely like the auntie of the group. They all sort of you know, refer to her or like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she's the boss. She's older than them. She's well-known entrepreneur, successful style icon. And she's very also, quirky, very quirky. And she says in the six minute clip we saw for next week, like, I don't do this. I don't go on girls trips. This is weird for me. I think this whole experience is fish out of water for her. Yeah. And we did hear that she doesn't really fit in, but I think she's sort of like the person that when the drama's going on, they individually go to to like talk to her about it and she sort of is going to be the middle person. Yeah. I don't know. And I I, I think it kind of works to have somebody like that. And I think she can really run with that fish out of water kind of point of view and use that to her advantage to not get in too deep to any of the drama too. Right? Kind of like where you're saying she can also be kind of the advisor whatever okay so i also love like i i think she also though is playing i think she's much smarter than she might be playing because like we're hearing about cheesegate at the beginning of this show and then she like this is why i love this show because it's like we have fashion and we have like this effortless style and these beautiful homes and then we have this like shade but it's like it's like diet shade, right? Like it's yes. not, you know, nobody's throwing anything at each other. And like, you know, we, we started by talking about cheese and shoes and getting lace and sequins stuck. And like, there's even talk about like diary in the first five minutes of the show, which I actually totally loved. But Jenna, I think she's playing along because like all, we're hearing about Cheesegate, right? Then she throws a cheese centric party, like chef's kiss loved that so here's my thought on that we know that lizzie stavetsky who was filming at first okay mm-hmm. she originally was going to be on dallas bravo said to her if you move to new york you could be on the reboot she legitimately up moved her husband's a plastic surgeon they moved their whole life and everything to new york she was going to be one of the ladies now i am hearing that she was incredibly difficult prior to this the reason that she's not on the show Mm -hmm. and they had already decided that she was going to be a friend of she was very difficult around filming she was very demanding production was not happy with her and then there was a situation between her and Bryn where Bryn wanted to be set up 
And what the rumor is, is that Lizzie said, I am a Jewish matchmaker. And what I hear is it's common for matchmakers to kind of want to only hook up because you want to strengthen your community. Bryn Mm -hmm. took offense to it. And that's like for anyone to debate whether or not she should have or shouldn't have. They had an exchange where inappropriate things were said on Lizzie's part. In addition to that, off camera, her husband allegedly said, there were things said, Bravo basically said to them, you're done, but, you know, you can go out on your own terms, but if you're going to like make a thing, then we'll come out. And so when they were having the cheese gate, I do think there was more to it. Mm -hmm. I think that they were instructed, obviously not to mention Lizzie. So I think that sort of the sides we're seeing being picked were that maybe Erin saw Lizzie's point of view and Bryn kind of was talking smack about it and maybe mm. that's why she didn't want to go and it wasn't because, by the way, it was Catch, the restaurant that they were bleeping out. I knew that. I put it out on threads and Twitter and yeah. and everyone was like, thank you, we needed to know the restaurant. People were saying it could have been another place. My people say Catch, no, whatever. Everyone's saying yeah. Catch. Okay, which brings me to the question. Have you been to Catch in the last... Like, did you go when it was, like, catch, like, the hot place? And have you been recently? I've been there back in the day. I am, and you guys know this, I'm really not a city girl. Like, people, like, message me, like, oh, where should I go in Manhattan? I live very close to Manhattan. I live in the outer boroughs, but... In the... Did you guys hear that? In the the boroughs? In the boroughs. By the way... Not on Long Island. Not on Long Island. And there's there's a whole rant from last week's cocktail party about that. And I got a lot of support, by the way. Amanda, people are like... They said that they know I don't live in Long Island because people who live in Long Island say they live on the island. But in any event, yes, catch was a hot spot. Now, it's funny because a lot of people who are BravoCon, a lot of accounts and Bravo stars themselves were all at catch in the fall when we were at BravoCon. Mm -hmm. It's still a hot spot. For me, would I still go? Yes, of course. But if you're like a real city fashionista, primetime kind of girl, I guess it's out of fashion. I certainly am not. Like I'm, I'm a mom from the boroughs. So I would go, I'm bridge and tunnel, baby. I don't know what's really... (laughs) <laughs> Listen, when I was in my 20s, I did, but those days are over. I don't know. I thought that that whole thing was hilarious. I definitely thought it was shady. To me, there is also something about still being on the come up if where you eat matters that much. I'm just going to say that, like not to diss anyone, but, you know, yeah. nobody nobody's going to diss Kelly Ripa or Andy Cohen because they're at a restaurant that's out of fashion because they're like, a-list in Manhattan. Right. Do you know what I mean? So right. they can eat anywhere they want. Well, and I have to say, like, I thought, like, I so enjoyed the shadiness, but I actually really saw Aaron's point of view on this, where it's like, no, it's just some, like, where are we going to be able to get that big of a group of, you know, a table for that big of a group that's right. still going to have decent food, right? right? Like, that's where I'm like, but that's, of course, the the more practical you know, Listen, there are places. Person. I'm sure you've heard of Rayos, right? They have one in Vegas. They have a line yes. of like jarred sauces. Yes. Okay. Love it. So, yes. so Rayos is in Manhattan. I believe it's actually in Harlem. And it's this tiny restaurant. And in order to eat at the restaurant, people own the tables. Okay. So like well-connected people, not necessarily celebrities, but well-connected 
take that for whatever you want, be it celebrity, be it wealthy, be it connected, connected, Goodfellas style, own the tables. And so then they give them out to like their extended friends and you still have to pay the bill, right? So I have not been there. My brother and my husband have been there through work connections Hmm. and stuff. But like that is exclusive and that will never go out of style because you legitimately can't get in there unless you know somebody who knows somebody who owns the table. It's like bananas. The one in Vegas obviously is just one in Vegas and I'm sure there's a long reservation list, but like, like there are places, there are like members only clubs in Manhattan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There are places like that. It's Manhattan. It's, you know. I was going to say that sounds more like a club than a restaurant. I didn't know that about. Yeah. And see, here's here's me, the non-New Yorker, thinking it was because I buy the sauce all the time. I thought it was called Rao's. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rao's. Rao's. Got it. I okay. don't I don't really use jarred sauce, but in a pinch, I like I have a couple in my cabinet for when, you know, you know how the kids are and they don't want anything you made. And you're just like, I'm not sitting here and making a sauce right now. Yeah. That's like the only one I really use is Rao's. I it's tried good. Carbone's jarred sauce. Not a fan. I think it's a matter of preference, but that's neither. Carbone is also exclusive. But again, you can get a reservation there. Rayo's like, yeah. you legitimately need to know somebody. Amazing. Now, like, I'm going to add that to my list of things that I would like to try to do at some point. So, And guys. I'm willing to bet that one of the tables is probably owned by, like, NBC, ABC. And yeah. I don't know. The people who own the tables may own them, like, Tuesday nights, and then there's somebody else who owns that table on Thursdays. I, I have to check with my brother on the specifics. One of these days, I really should have my brother on here because you've you've spoke with my brother. And you I know love him. He's a freaking yes. character. He's hilarious. So maybe like on a New York episode, I'll make him watch and because he would actually really like the New Yorkers. Um, I might make him watch and bring him on because I think that you guys would. And people who know me in real life are hearing this are like, oh, my God, you got to get him on. Yeah, so he can, like, tell us how things really work in New York. Yes. Yes. People always tell my brother he looks like a young Paul Sorvino. Do you know who Paul Sorvino is? Yeah. He's yeah, thinner than him, but he looks like a young Paul Sorvino, yes. Aww. So. Okay, so, I mean, like, what else about the show? Like, what do you think? Are you, like, psyched to see more? Do I think, think it's going to be is... so good. I think that we were pleasantly surprised. Even those of us who were anticipating liking it were surprised at how good the ladies were. Mm-hmm. I think we got ourselves a show, guys. Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, what you had started out by saying about there, you know, being room for both shows, I couldn't agree more. And I think it'll be really interesting seeing in the next, you know, we've talked a little bit about it on the site about the SAG after strike and the writer's strike. I mean, there's going to be a point, I would say, like a tipping point in the next couple of months where there becomes even more focus on reality content just to get stuff out there. And so there might be there might be things coming from networks like NBC and like, you know, which is within the kind of whole Bravo universe, you know, like NBC Universal. So we might be seeing more of that stuff because of this this writer's strike. This is how the last writer's strike is what birthed reality TV is what I hear. Well, maybe we're going to have a little renaissance. Yeah. So, but I do, I do think that there's going to be more, more opportunities for reality stars because of all of this. So yes, agreed. And I'm very interested in all the intricacies of all of how that works, right? Because like I saw 
what is her name? Well, it is hard because like uh, a source told me, people on Vanderpump Rules, as example, on Beverly Hills are are SAG. Like Garcelle right. and just gonna, Kyle. Because Car- Garcelle just did that Barbie promo ad. I don't know if you saw it, but it was mm-hmm. really cute for the Barbie movie. And so I'm like, how does that work? I'm sure because it was in the can and done before the strike. But like, can a Garcelle, can a Kyle, who are both, I'm sure, SAG-AFTRA, can they both be on, like, is that breaking the rules if they go on for reality? I think technically they can. I think then it comes down to maybe backlash from the community against people like that, saying like, yeah. um, we're on strike. None of us are working. Why are you working? Yeah. So that'll be interested to see. And I think we'll start seeing and hearing more about that as time goes. Yeah. I, I just, so I have to laugh that the nanny, Fran Drescher, is the one leading this charge. <laughs> like, just because she's... She's a comedic actress. Her voice has always been funny and mm-hmm. you know, she's a she's a she's a borough girl herself from Queens originally. And I just find it funny that like when I see the clips, it's like her nasally voice is doing all this. It's just yeah. funny to me. Well, I do think what like it's not just about money. A lot of it is about um, you know, AI and yes. and people's likenesses being owned forever because AI can take it and like use it. And so like I actually I think that it's really interesting to watch from that perspective. I have a one of my marketing clients does a lot in the like legal side and is very on the cutting edge of what's going on with AI and how all that's working and like there is some crazy ass shit out there that's going on. Like it is there is I don't know. There's like it's I crazy. think it's really going to change so much. Um, I haven't used chat GPT, but my husband and my brother will like, they'll pull it up just to show. And they're like, okay, we were looking at going to Paris and they were like, okay, give me an itinerary of seven days in Paris. And it like legitimately does what a travel agent or, you know what I'm saying? So it, yeah. it's not only acting and writers that are being affected. I'm sure it's no. we're seeing this in a lot of industries. I also think that as far as the Hollywood, the writers and all that's concerned, the timing is awful for them because a lot of these people and like Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, they're all right. But the people who, the cameramen and the writers and all the people who don't make millions and millions of dollars, they were just out of work for during COVID. COVID. Yeah. So I do think it's a really tough time. And I think that you'll also see like the unionized cameramen that now maybe are going to be working on reality television and like, what are the lines for that? And they're allowed to, but do you stand with your union? You know, union members, it's a, it's a brother or sisterhood. It's right. I thought it was so nice. Total side note. Speaking of a brotherhood, we saw yesterday, Gertie, we're sending our love and our prayers and our well wishes to her as she begins her chemo. Gertie from Miami is battling Mm -hmm. breast cancer and she posted a picture of her husband's fire truck like the you know the guys he works with all showing up with food and flowers for her so you know their firefighters are union teachers are union writers Mm -hmm. are union so you really are supposed to stand with your union so we're gonna see yeah we'll see but I mean, I, I say good good for them for making a stand because there is an opportunity for this AI stuff to go wild, right? And yes. like in ways that we can't even imagine right now. And so like, I think now, I think they're right. Now is the time to really take a stand on this. Yeah. Okay. So 
Bethany and Jill, they had a little reunion. I have not had a chance to listen yet, but I did think the timing was, and as you pointed out too, very interesting because they recorded and then literally posted the day after the Roni premiere. So you listened, right? So Bethany, when was it? It wasn't yesterday. Tuesday or Wednesday, late afternoon, Bethany posts. She's like, Jill and I are recording and we're posting it unedited as soon as we're done. Of course, I stayed up listening to it. Some takeaways. And if you haven't listened to it, it's worth a listen. The two of them are so similar. The chaotic energy, the anxiety ridden. Da, 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 da. They definitely. The second thing I noticed is it's almost a hard listen because of that. You know, Amanda and I have been approached for people that want to work with us and, you know, people that want to come work on our pod and stuff like that. And the thing that the feedback we get, Amanda, is always like we balance each other well because I'm sort of like talking fast and blah, blah, blah. And you sort of keep me like on track and keep me grounded. (laughs) So with the two of them, it's just too much of the same, I thought. But it was nice to hear them together. They definitely have a true love and respect for each other. I feel like their relationship is complicated because they're both complicated and demanding sort of people. Their need to get their point across is very similar. Mm -hmm. I think it makes it, although you can see they genuinely care for the other, I think it makes it, would make it then and would certainly just continue to always make it hard for them to, to sustain a truly close daily relationship. And I think Bethany very much recognizes this. I think she gets their interesting dynamic. I think she appreciates Jill, but she also knows that Jill can't help herself over inserting and over just being involved. And Bethany recognizes she can't have somebody like that in her life, like on a daily basis. Well, there's something I think very poignant and adult and evolved about realizing like there's so much value in burying the hatchet Mm -hmm. and like reconnecting but knowing like we're never going to be the same way maybe that we were you know 15 20 years ago but being okay with that and that's what it sounds like kind of was the conversation and like I don't know about you but I I never like to have unresolved bad business with people like I'd rather, you know, deal with it, move on. And maybe you're not like, you're not best friends anymore, but at least you don't have ugly stuff in between that's, you know, like hanging over your head. Right. Well, and a perfect example of that is, so they, so this was pretty surprising. And I don't know if you've seen clips, but what we learned was Jill did not know that the cameras that were there were for Bravo. So she had spoke with Bravo and agreed to let them film. She wanted to memorialize his passing in a way on the show. So what she had said to them was, um, why don't you have all of the ladies come, not at the real actual Shiva, but like the day after, and it's all the Brony housewives at that time, Mm -hmm. come and pay their respects and we can film that. Now, Bethany went to the wake Mm -hmm. or to the funeral, excuse Mm -hmm. me. And the cameras were there. And Jill says they, she was not mic'd. They did not have an audio release for her. And she says that Bravo banked on her not suing, which actually makes sense. And she didn't sue. And after that, 
the women had agreed to do the shiva and film it. Bethany went to the shiva on her own, and apparently the other women, they said Ramona and who was the other one? I believe they said Ramona and Dorinda were really pissed that Bethany went to the shiva on her own, and because of it, they never ended up filming them going. Like, they refused, which is kind of tacky. And I think Bethany did it. Bethany wanted to go... Like, they wanted Bethany to go with them? I don't understand yes, what... Yes, oh, something like okay. that. And she went on Got her it. own. But Bethany, you know, did have a, a good relationship with Bobby and cared for him. Yeah. Um. So, I thought it was great. You could see that Bethany has a real affection for Allie. She's known Allie since she's young. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that when they're out in the Hamptons or when they're both in the city... They meet for dinner. You saw when they were recording that they said that Paul and Gary hit it off really well. Yeah. So they're new spouses. So it's an interesting listen. I definitely, if you have some time, would listen to it. I definitely will. And I've always been a Bethany fan. I sometimes need some smaller doses. Yes. Which is why the podcast sometimes having her in my ear feels like too much. But I hear Jill on Heather McDonald's podcast a lot, too. And I always enjoy hearing her. I think she's Jill has a really interesting, you know, like very, very lavish lifestyle, but has a down to earth viewpoint, I think, on on it and really seems to value the relationships and the friendships and stuff in her life, which I've always really liked about her as well. So I definitely will take a listen. Okay, so weird week in terms of like marriages, (laughs) because, you know, as we had shared, so cocktailers knew about this, but we had shared some information about two upcoming divorces. So Ariana Grande, who was married to, I don't remember his name, but he was, yeah, some real estate agent guy. And then Sofia Vergara and Joe Mangin. Manganiello, did I say that right? I think so. Okay, good. Um, so mid June, I think we had posted the thing about Ariana Grande we, that we had gotten some intel about that, and then we had heard some stuff about Sophia and Joe as well. So that was confirmed. Yeah, just feel felt like those are always like shitty ones to get right. Um, I know it's not fun. Like it's it's yeah, like it's not. It's not ever something we feel like like super happy when it's true. I also, you know? the longer I do this, the more I start to wonder if their people kind of soft launch the breakups before. In other words, like whoever sent me the Ariana stuff, it was pretty detailed. Whoever yeah. sent me the Sophia and Joe rumors. I wonder if their PR teams are almost like, all right, float this out to the blogs. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure that they do because... Yeah, because I think then it can give them the opportunity to kind of brace themselves. See what people, yeah, yeah, but see what people are saying too and make sure they're staying ahead of the story and however it is that they're wanting to position things. Right. And like you could see it. Like Joe came out this week saying like he didn't feel like Sofia Vergara was um, very supportive of his sobriety. Sofia doesn't seem to be saying anything. So well, people are also saying that he very much wants to have children and she doesn't want to have more children. He, she has an adult son. So this is so random. Her Sophia Vegara is currently in a legal battle with an oh, ex-fiance yeah. 
who is the step cousin of Whitney from Southern Charm. And Craig mentioned it on his pod that he had been out to dinner with him because it's Whitney's cousin. Like all roads freaking lead to Bravo. Yeah. Well, and I can imagine too with Sophia, like having going through this where the, the battle is essentially that they have embryos. So not just her eggs, but fertilized embryos with her ex-husband that he is trying to like get custody of essentially and like she doesn't want him to have them and they're in this like legal battle which i've got to imagine has got to feel so violating like i cannot imagine if both parties are not fully in and wanting to bring those lives you know to life that's got to be an extremely painful and awful experience to be going through. So I can imagine why Sophia might not want to go anywhere near having any more kids. Yeah. Right. And it's complicated. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, it's hard because these are the sort of things that change over time, right? So when they got married seven years ago, she was open to having children, perhaps. Perhaps he knew he wanted more children. And... Maybe this whole legal thing has soured her to it. Maybe she won't be able to get an egg that isn't fertilized with the ex-fiance. Who knows? Obviously, all of these things likely weighed into their decision to separate. So, yeah, it sucks. But, you know, they're two beautiful people and I'm sure they'll find love again. (laughs) Yes, I think they'll both be just fine. And I mean, who wouldn't want to see more kids from Joe Manganiello's. He is he is very very good looking. Sure is. Did you was he in the new Magic Mike? I haven't watched the new Magic Mike. Was I, he in that one? I've never watched any of them. I've seen the clips. They're, they're fun. They're definitely should. fun. I should watch the most recent one. I, I heard it's sexy. Okay. So, okay, let's talk Vanderpump because we're we've been seeing some activity from the cast. We're seeing that some, but not all of them, are in Lake Tahoe. We had heard that. We had heard yes. that some of them are going to Lake Tahoe. We heard that Ariana and Katie would not be there. They aren't. We had heard that Raquel isn't. We are hearing that she will be, and she was just spotted wearing a hat that says, be a good person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Okay, so this is, this is, so yesterday they're all posting pictures, and there's a lot of commentary on this. A lot of people saying, is that Graham? Graham is the dog James and Raquel shared. Last we saw, Raquel had Graham. It was her dog. Her and James not being on good terms. He wasn't seeing the dog. So James answered our question late last night. He said, yes, it is Graham. I will love him forever. You got me now. How did Graham end up in the custody of James? Did Rachel just hand him over? While she was away, did she say, you can watch him? Is she going to want him back? Is this going to be a storyline? What's going on with Graham? I mean, I saw the post. There's, I don't think there's any room for, like, we're going to share custody. I'm guessing, because I remember back when, I don't know, this had to have been a couple months ago, that there was, they saw Rachel. Are we calling her Rachel now? We're just going to. I mean, I, maybe I, she'll just go by Rochelle so I can stop getting her name wrong. Perhaps. Um, <laughs> Rachel was dropping him off at some boarding place in Arizona, I think, to come to California. I'm imagining that that would get extremely expensive, you know, while she was in her 
rehab or I don't know what it was called, the mental health facility that she was in for a couple of months. So maybe, you know, maybe too, she's like, you know what, I, I need, I can't have anything right now that, you know, I need to focus on taking care of myself. I can't be taking care of anything else. And, you know. And then do we see her regretting that? And then they fight over who takes him? Probably. We have Sheena and Lala getting a lot of backlash. So the premise of the trip is Lisa's new business, which is called Wolf. It's a restaurant in Lake Tahoe. Brilliant, a neutral ground for them all to get together. In the meantime, Mm -hmm. I posted a video of the chef who will be working with Ariana and Katie at Something About Her. The two of them are filming there. People were saying, oh, Ariana was filming Love Island, or maybe she is, but Currently, as of last night, they were at something about her. They were filming and they were filming them interviewing potential workers, wait, wait staff, whatever, at the sandwich shop. Okay, so we have the Tahoe trip as neutral ground. People giving Sheena a hard time. There was a picture of all of them that they took with a fan. Sheena's standing next to Sandoval in the picture. Mm. Guys, they have to film with him. He is a part of the cast. They're going to have to film with Raquel as well. They are reality stars. This is their job. This is how they feed their families. This is how they pay their mortgages. So do I think they're besties? No. And a matter of fact, Sheena came out and said, no, all is not forgotten, but we're filming. You know, Ariana is thriving. She's making a lot of money. She's in a new relationship. I think that helps helps the cast say, like, it's not like she's still curled up in the fetal position, right? So do I think that there comes a point where some of them make some sort of amends with Sandoval? Yeah. Do I think they go back to how it used to be? No. I mean, they know no. how he is. Production is going to want conversations between Ariana and Sandoval as well. It's their job. We're going to have to see it. We may even see Raquel film with Ariana. I, I don't know what that looks like. I don't wow. know. So do we know that Rachel is coming back for sure? So I haven't gotten the full that she signed the contract. But what I did get was a source telling me she's rumored to show up on this trip. I don't think it's a coincidence that her first spotting was yesterday. Another soft mm-hmm. launch because mm-hmm. she was photographed in tucson arizona there's not paparazzi in tucson arizona guys it ain't the hollywood strip or rodeo drive there's barely paparazzi in in hollywood anymore right unless you call them so yeah she she's listen number one she is bound by contract so and i spoke with talent who told me what does that mean that means that if she chooses not to come back for whatever, however long her contract is, she can't film anything else, okay? Right. It also means that she's bound by contract, which means as long as she shows up to film, she is abiding by that contract. She could sit on her hands if she wants to. Yeah. However, you want more money, you want to get extra pay, you, you got to talk, you got to give them something. Right. So do I think she'll be back? Yes. I don't think she's going to put, unless she decided to leave reality television, in which case her contract would run out. And then I don't know the length of her contract. Let's say it's two years. In two years, if people were still interested, she'd have to 
she'd have to hedge her bets that people would still want to see her if she decided mm -hmm. to come back. And I got news for you. Two years is a long time. It sure is. So, yeah, I, I think she's back. I think she's back. I think by the end of filming, I think the biggest hurdle for her, I think the bigger hurdle will be for her, right? She has no connection. At least Sandoval has Schwartz, mm -hmm. right? And he also has long-standing relationships. You know, Brock's going to be hard because if not for the way Sandoval treated Sheena, Brock would probably be an easy get because, number one, he would want the airtime. And number two, you know, boys will be boys, right? So, yeah, he cheated on Ariana, but Brock's fairly new to the group. He doesn't have any allegiance to Ariana. But the Brock situation will be hindered by the way he treated Sheena. And Lala never really cared for Sandoval. So, yeah, they're going to film, but they're not all besties. That's, no. that's where I'm at with it. Do have some cocktail scoop on the spinoff, which is really good. Um, we will we'll probably share that next week. I'm let our cocktailers get it first. What I can tell you is that we're not seeing Jackson, Brittany, or Kristen on Vanderpump. Right. They're not filming on Vanderpump. Right. So we are seeing some new people on Vanderpump Rules. I got sent a couple of names. They're nobody we know. So I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if they're staff at TomTom, Tom, if they're staff at Schwartz and Sandy's. I think we're going to be in the sandwich shop. We know they're already filming there. We're going to be in TomTom. Tom. We're going to be in Schwartz and Sandy's. We know they're filming at all those places. I think... I think it's, as time goes, fans are going to feel that it's unfair that Sandoval's having an easier go of it. Listen, Raquel did put the work in. She was in a facility. Yeah. So whatever yeah. that means. But then the other side of it is Raquel was James's fiance. She wasn't a founding member of the group like Sandoval was. So. Yeah. And I, I, I have to give a big kudos and a big like I, I respect very much the fact that Rachel has decided to go in do the work try to come on a better person I you know that's that is I think you know not just from a strategic standpoint but like that is just the best thing she could have done is realize she really messed up and really try to get whatever it is that she needed to get right kind of work on that and come out a better person. So I'm, you know, I'm going to give her respect for that. So we didn't see Sandoval do that. He went to the spa. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. And then he complained about it. I'm We're going to end with something fun because I just got an email before I'm even posting it. I'm going to share it on the pod. Ooh. Okay. Lots of Jersey stuff. We'll cover that next week because I'm getting a lot of Jersey stuff. Whoever these new people are, they're cocktailers, boy. Okay. <laughs> From Jersey Update, subject New Jersey. Casting is going the diverse route. Side note, we know that we know that they're all back, okay? When they say casting, these are all friends of and different people that they're going to be trying out. So casting is going to be diverse, the new the newbies are enhanced by the premiere of Roni, which is another situation that we have to discuss. That mm -hmm. Roni being such a success is changing the landscape for existing cities. Sandy May 
her Insta is at tra- Travel and Truffles. And Jacqueline Morales, her Insta is at JLaBell719. R2 testing. Sandy is of Chinese descent. Jacqueline is of Puerto Rican descent. Sandy knows Jennifer, Aiden, and Margaret. So that will be interesting. And Jacqueline knows Teresa. So you guys can check. We got other emails. There is somebody else we mentioned on the cocktail pod last week. Her name is Kayla. She owns Eat Clean Bro. Eat Clean Bro. She's friends with a lot of reality stars, Jersey Shore, a lot of the Jersey people. She's definitely a go for friend of. And the rest, they're like testing out. There was another name, Michelle Colombo. And I just got some insider scoop today that she may not be given the go because one of the ladies was like, uh-uh, kind of turned on her. There's a lot happening with these women. What I think we see with Jersey, and again, we'll go into more t- detail next week because there's a lot going on, but I definitely think, and I was told that they introduced these younger people. They always had the intent of moving along and letting go of the OGs and the cast who's been around for a while. The success of Danielle and Rachel and them having all of these women waiting in the wings and kind of showing up to parties this upcoming season and stuff. Not this season. This is the last season for a lot of the, the older people. They're going to wrap a lot of them up. Hmm. That's, that's the vibe. And that's what I'm hearing. I mean, I could see it happening now that, now that Roni's been, been so big. So we'll see. All right, cocktail party. We will get into that more next week because that information is literally coming in as we speak. So I got to put it all together and hash it all out with Miss Amanda. As always, thank you for tuning in. We know there's a ton of places you can listen and you guys choose us and we appreciate you. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. so much for listening just want to ask you guys a favor just getting kicked off so many people have been asking us to do this podcast so please do subscribe and if you subscribed go to your podcast app and hit those three little dots to share with your friends but only friends who like good tea because the ones who don't care about tea then like forget them and don't forget find us on instagram at bravo and cocktails underscore And check out the website because some great tea gets put there daily that would get us kicked off of Instagram. (laughs) So thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, guys. See you next time.